This is the All Time Misfits Podcast. Hello and welcome to the All Time Misfit Podcast, where you have yours truly, Little B at Brunelli Sports, Chris, aka Hater at Supercharge33, and Tyler at T underscore Dement. Thank you for joining us on this special podcast this week. We got Black Monday coaching. Head coaches being fired, general managers being fired, and we're going to be here and predicting all of our uh, new hires and predictions for all uh, six teams that need a new head coach and all seven teams that need a new general manager. And there's a little offset because the Broncos uh, are moving John Elway up into the position of senior something, whatever, just to say, you suck at GM here, we're going to go hire somebody else is pretty much what they just did. So uh, the Broncos are not in a need of a new head coach, but they are looking for a new general manager. So we'll go ahead and get right into it. And we're going to go ahead and start with the Texans. He's the first team to fire their head coach this year. And uh, the big news, I guess it's not really big news, but uh, some of the big, they've already interviewed Jim Caldwell, the uh, ex-Colts and Lions head coach. They've already interviewed Marvin Lewis who we've already had a huge discussion on this podcast about being a overrated head coach or a good head coach. Two of the three here believe he's a good head coach. And then they've also requested to speak to Eric Bettamy, the offensive coordinator for the Houston Texans. And I'll go ahead and uh, pass it over to Tyler and see what Tyler has for predictions and thoughts on the Houston Texans head job. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'll say I think that this is probably the spot that I would prefer um, Eric Bieniemy. Uh, I think he he's been. I mean, obviously this guy has been uh, like a top candidate for like what is two years now, maybe three. It's been a while. Hey. Yeah, at least two. And he hasn't gotten one yet. And I think he's destined to get one at some point. I would. I mean, I'm I'm venturing to say that this year is the year for him. Um, I think this this one makes some sense because, I mean, obviously they have a quarterback already in place, which is nice. Um, so, you know that I I would think that that would be attractive to him too. Um, but you know, I, I'm down for him. But you know, in a lot of ways, I think that whatever the weakness of your team is, is where you should focus your head coaching search on. And I don't believe that that is the offense. I think it's the defense. And as weird as it sounds, and I don't even know if it's even a possibility remotely, but, I mean, I, I don't even know if I would even be against Romeo Cornell being the head coach. Uh, Romeo Cornell has already uh, come out and said he wouldn't take the job, and the uh, Houston Texans have already mentioned that he would not be part of the consideration. Okay, I got you. I mean, he is old, so I get it. So. I mean, I would say for this one, this would probably be the spot that I would prefer to see Eric Bieniemy. Um, I, I think it makes a good amount of sense. I think for both sides, like I said, he he's going to get a job sooner or later. He probably already should have. Yeah, he's definitely one of the ones that uh have been on the talking seat for a head coaching position for the last two years. Um, you know, he's been passed over for Adam Gase and company for multiple jobs, which is kind of shocking for some teams. Um, but yes, uh, the Houston Texans job, 
is also true. I'll go ahead and jump into it with Tyler because that's where I have Eric Bettemy going. I do feel like it's one of the better fits for him. He has a franchise saving quarterback. He has, I mean, he has a quarterback. Let's go ahead and say that's all he has. I mean, it's better. I mean, that's where you want to be when you're rebuilding a franchise because, yes, that is what the Texans are doing. And any head coach and general manager that gets this job will need at least a five to six year contract in my belief because the Texans need a lot. And I'm not trying to like bash on the Houston Texans here, but they are missing a lot of pieces. You know, all they have, I mean, JJ Watts, a free agent, they don't have the cap space. They have no draft capital this year. Um, you know, you look at their roster. I mean, they have Will Fuller, who's their best wide receiver, who's going to be a free agent at the end of the year. So this is a, uh, Big, you know, for them, I think anybody who takes this job needs a good long contract like the uh, San Francisco 49ers gave to uh, uh, Shannon Hand and uh, I can't think of his name right now. But, uh, yeah, I have Eric Bettany as well going. John here. Lynch. Thank you, John Lynch. Uh, you know, they have a left tackle in Laramie Tunsil. Uh, I think they can get out of Whitley, Whitney Merciless's contract with pretty dead, uh, easy dead cap space and get back into the positive and make some uh, moves. Uh, they can't get out of J.J. Watt's contract yet without taking a huge cap hit. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see what they do, but I also agree with Eric Bedemy. And uh, before we move on to the general managers and everything, Chris, who do you have for the Houston Texans and their head coaching? No, I have obviously, um, yeah, obviously it's obvious with but – and that's what Romeo Hornell uh, turned it down and they're not going to interview him. I did have him on my list. Uh, I would honestly say Todd Bowles might be a good candidate, as far as the intent is concerned, because you're not going to have a lot of black capital and you're not going to have a lot of, of room to get guys. And then meet somebody. Get the most out of these players, and you know, Pop Wolves got the most out of what he had in New York when he was the head coach out there. And we all know New York didn't help him out very much. I mean, yeah, he had a couple first round picks, but there was a guy that I believe deserves a second chance. And then, you know, there's Marvin Lewis again. But I, I just don't think Marvin Lewis to get that here. And then there's Tom Michael from the New Orleans Saints, who uh, is behind the curtains. We don't really know how much. Again, it's just like at the enemy. We don't know how much both of these guys are really running the show. But we do know that Tom Michael has worked with Payson Hill and he's worked with Superman's. So he took it with but no, everybody Yeah, um, just also so everybody knows, the uh, Houston Texans have also had rumors around them about Joe Brady, the offensive coordinator for the Panthers, uh, Ohio State head coach Ryan Day, the Pack, uh, the Panth, sorry, the Patriots inside linebacking coach Jared Mayo, and also mm-hmm. the Patriots. Uh, offensive coordinator Josh McDaniels, as well as the offensive coordinator for Arthur, Arthur Smith, which you'll hear a lot today in this podcast. 
he's another hot candidate, it seems like. Yeah, yeah, um, so just to keep that out there, I mean, I think Jared Mayo is probably a really reach. I mean, I don't see that one happening. It's interesting to see that he's already getting head coaching interviews and he's hasn't even been a defensive coordinator. It's happened before. Ask our boy Tyler here with his uh Bengals head coach, uh, Zach Taylor, was never offensive coordinator and he jumped straight to head coach. So, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with the Houston Texans, which a lot of people consider the number one job which I disagree. I think after Anthony Lynn's firing, I think the Los Angeles Chargers are probably the number one job out there right now. But before we move on to the Chargers and everybody else, let's go ahead and move on to the Houston Texans general manager position that's opened up because of the firing of their head coach, Bob, Bill O'Brien. He was also the acting uh, general manager here. And uh, the Houston Texans have been uh, pretty hot and furious with the general manager openings they've already started interviewing uh with in-house their texas directors of per, uh, player personnel matt buzz buzz i'm gonna call him i can't say his last name i'm not even gonna try to slaughter it they've also interviewed lewis riddick the espn analyst that you all hear from on monday night football they've i mean they're down the list they ran, ran scouting director brad holmes uh vice president of player personnel trent kitchener vice president of uh, He's expected to receive some as well inside house uh, uh, player personnel of uh, who's a free agent who's not even on anybody right now. Nick Casio is getting an interview. They've been trying to interview him for years, by the way. Yeah. So don't be surprised at him. Yeah, and then you know they're also looking into uh, Alonzo Highsmith, who has been around the league for a long time. Uh, I mean, their list is pretty massive and extend. I can sit here all day and just name off names. Is the Houston Texans are being really uh, aggressive on the general manager front. It sounds like they're going to be a team that hires their general manager before they go get their head coach, which I we all agreed and had a buy sell on this podcast earlier in the year. Uh, who would you what would you rather do, general manager or head head coach first? And it sounds like the Texans are going to go the right route and go get their general manager. Um, I like a lot of these high, I like a lot of these names. This was very hard for me. I mean, you know, it's a little bit harder for a general managing the predicts because you don't know what the owner or the CEO or whoever wants to do here um, and what their beliefs are. But uh, I think they're going to be able to get, I'm going to go and just, I think this would be interesting hire. It's been talked about a lot before. Um, I know Jeff, Bear, uh, he's a big Houston Texans fan, and he's mentioned it multiple times, and I think I'm going to see it happen. I think the Houston Texans are going to bring in uh, Lewis Riddick to be their new general manager. So, Tyler, what do you have for the Houston Texans? Yeah, like you said, it's hard to predict the GM spots. I mean, it's really purely just a guess and nothing else. Um, I mean, I, I wouldn't be opposed to them um, going with the guy that they have in-house, um, the guy that you mentioned. Um, but I agree with Lewis Riddick, too. I think, you know, he's been in GM before, um, and I, I think that he – I think he's a pretty smart well, guy. Well, that's home from now. Oh, so he was never a GM? No. No. Okay, well, my bad. Sorry about uh, that. No, my bad. Player scouting, sorry. Okay. Yeah, I mean, he seems to be pretty knowledgeable with the players, and, and, and he always has what I believe to be pretty decent opinions. I, I, I think that – 
you know, sooner or later he's going to get a job too. He's been he's been rumored for uh, quite a few years now too um, when it comes to the GM yeah. So I would be okay with him going here or really anywhere, honestly. Yeah, he. Uh, I agree. I mean, he, just so he was the pro scout for the Redskins for three years, and then he was the director of pro person personnel for the Redskins for two years and then a pro scout for the Eagles and an assistant director of pro personnel for the Eagles and then the director of pro personnel for the Eagles for four years. So, I mean, it's been seven years, going on eight years now since he's done anything in the front office. But, um, I mean, look at John Lynch and no, uh, and my, 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 uh... Mike Mayock, thank you, who have been very successful and never had any experience in the front office. So, don't let that shy you away from this, uh, from a player who hasn't done anything or a person who hasn't done anything in the front office. It doesn't mean anything. It's starting to prove that these teams are looking out house and into different avenues of people who see things differently and want things done differently to win. And it's been working for other teams. So who do you have there? What, so what do you have for the Houston Texans there? Uh, I don't really like Nick Pizarro from uh, – the New England Patriots. Just because, you know, admitting that this year for a while, the Patriots were able to do something with nothing for a long time. Uh, they, they, they don't have a lot of black capital, but they do have a lot of middle black capital. So then the GM who knows how to black in the, the middle round and get the most out of what they have. Because they're not going to have any cap space for a while. And, and they also, if someone knows how to handle players, also makes me think that it was really a better choice. Because this gives me a lot the positive and the ugly. Yeah, it is. It should, I mean, I hope it's not. I mean, Jay, it's been interesting because JJ has gone from I don't want to be in a rebuild to I'm not going anywhere in the last like month and a half. So I'm curious on if they come to a mutual agreement to dis, you know, to move on from each other or coming to an agreement to stay in Houston. Right. But I mean, you said that they actually next year have $47 million in cap space. They're just hurting this one season. And a lot of teams are hurting because of. COVID. Yeah, right. Yeah, per per over the cap uh, dot com here, I'm looking at the Houston Texans. Uh, right now, the team cap space is negative fifteen thousand dollars. I mean, fifteen million. Sorry, I'm looking at. Why am I? That looks just different. But yeah, negative fifteen million dollars, which is literally JJ Watt's contract. Yeah. And then Whitley Mer- Whitney Merciless is uh fifteen million with only a dead cap of three million. So I mean they can that's twelve million dollars they can get out right back there too. That's you know? this year. He uh, they can cut them this year for only a dead cap of three million dollars. Oh yeah. So who do you, so you're going with the Patriots uh, front office? Yeah, for, I'm going with Nick Pizarro. Okay, I just wanted to make sure. Um, so uh, we're going to go ahead and move on to our next team, which is going to be uh, 
the Atlanta Falcons, the next team that fired their head coach midseason, uh, they got rid of uh, – why am I blanking on his name? Dan uh, Quinn. Dan Quinn, thank you, who was a great defensive coordinator, and don't be shocked to see his name uh, come around your teams near you who are looking for a D.C. Um, Raheem Morris was the intern head coach. He had the Falcons looking decent uh, for some weeks and then also looking bad other weeks. Um, he did get uh, an interview for the position, as well as the Falcons have requested Eric Benemy to be interviewed today, as well as Robert Sahim, the defensive coordinator for the uh, San Francisco 49ers. They have also been pretty active in looking for a head coach. Uh, so don't be shocked there with who they're going to go with. Uh, I'm Thinking uh, they've also been researching the Buccaneers defensive coordinator Todd Bowles, the Rams defensive coordinator Brandon Staley. Uh, it looks they kind of, I mean, I know this is, you know, could be smoke screens here, but it seems like they're very interested in staying on the defensive front, even though that right. Dan Quinn was. It doesn't seem like they're trying to uh, completely nuke the system here. It, it, it looks it's like really weird. Uh, no, they had Mike Smith before. They had uh who was Dan also Quinn. Yeah. Who was also a guy. I would think they would know offense. Yeah. Which is you're gonna I'm gonna go ahead and say I have them going offense. Um I think it's a lot of smoke. I can't see them going three head coaches in a row defense. They have to Yeah, all right head is code offense. I'm gonna say that. <laughs> Um, yeah, to say all that, I'm going offense, and I'm going with the hot uh, subject that we were talking about earlier, and I'm going to go with the offensive coordinator from the Tennessee Titans, and I'm going with Arthur Smith. Um, I, looked, I think uh, Numb Nuts and the head coach there in uh, Tennessee is going to be looking for a new offensive coordinator again. He's lost uh, yeah. many of them. Uh, Rabel, he's Mike Rabel, he's lost Matt LaFleur, Mike, uh, and now looking looks like he's going to lose a uh, is other offensive coordinator this year, which I have prediction of Arthur Smith going to Atlanta Falcons. Tyler, what about you? What do you have for the Falcons? I actually, I'm going to say the exact same guy. Huh. Um, I agree with you on that. I mean, I don't Tyler's think the in home mode. No, I'm not. What was that, Tyler? But anyway, <laughs> I didn't even know what he was going to say. So um, I don't think they're going to go defense again. Um, like you guys said, they went to – Defense the last two times in a row, and it hasn't worked out for him. At least, definitely not the last last hire. Um, so I'll say they're going to go offense this time with Arthur Smith. And you know, this guy actually I think deserves a, a chance. If you look at what he's done with the Tennessee offense, I mean they've looked really good on offense, and I know they got some playmakers. And Derrick Henry obviously is a beast, but like if you look at what they've done with um, Ryan Tannehill, I mean. I don't think anybody really thinks Ryan Tannehill is that good of a quarterback, but it seems like he's gotten the most out of him that he could. And I think that's a good thing, especially when you consider, you know, Matt Ryan's there and he's a pretty decent quarterback, but, you know, he's getting old. Um, you know, they're probably not yeah. far away from from moving on from him. And, you know, if you're going to be taking a quarterback soon, it's going to be nice to have a, um, you know, a good, you know, offensive-minded head coach. I wouldn't be shocked because the Atlanta Falcons have such an early pick this year if a uh, quarterback is in their future with this year. Because Matt Ryan has struggled of late. He has not shown much to be a, a top 
half quarterback anymore. Um, Matt Ryan is, you know, do a lot of money, but with very little dead cap. So, I mean, they can sit on him for one more year and let him move on. I mean, he is going into his, uh, I would be able to see it a little bit faster. He was 2008. So he's going into his, you know, 12th, 13th season. I mean, not every quarterback is going to be Drew Brees, Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, Aaron Rodgers here. So, you know, Drew, Phillip Rivers. So I wouldn't be shocked if the Falcons are in thinking quarterback with this draft class and with being in the top five draft picks either. So I, I'm with Tyler there. But, uh, Chris, what do you have for the Atlanta Falcons? I'm going to go uh, in direction, but I'm saying not. And, and I'm going to pick a guy who, who's um, at home who down a little bit. I'm picking Brian Schottenheimer. Oh, yeah. He was hot for a second. I completely forgot about Brian Schottenheimer. Uh, he's got a pedigree as well. So I think he's trying to find time to, you know, prove that, you know, Hopefully he's a little bit better than his dad. He can win, he can win in the playoffs, but uh, um, he's great with all of that. Especially, uh, you know, we've seen what he's done with Russell Wilson. Um, he knows how to run the ball. I just think that that that's the perfect offense for Atlanta, especially right now in in that Lions career. Yeah, I like that hire. I didn't even think of Schottenheimer. He was a uh, he was the other offensive coordinator besides Eric Benemy that everybody was talking about midseason, and then the uh, Seattle Seahawks went into that kind of midseason late lounge stretch of the offense struggling, and his name kind of fell to the back burner as well. Uh, others names raised raised up and came in the forefront. Um, but. We're going to go ahead and go over to the Atlanta Falcons GM position and their predictions. The Atlanta Falcons is also, as the Houston Texans, been very active with uh, who they're interviewing for the GM position. I can go again with some very lengthy names here. They have uh, started with the Rams scouting director, Brad Holmes. Uh, they've also started the Saints vice president assistant GM, Terry Fontenet. Uh, the former Texans general manager, Rick Strong, is considered a strong candidate. The Colts director of college scouting, uh, Morocco Brown, Bears assistant director of personal, player personnel, Champ Kelly. The list just goes on and on here. Um, I think any team that's considering a Bears front office person is in rude awakening. The Bears front office has not made any right decisions at all since um, – Ryan Pace has taken over at the general manager position. And again, uh, it's too hard to know what the teams want, what Arthur Blank is going to want in his general manager. Um, you know, he, the, his last general manager was there for a pretty significant time. I cannot think of his name on the top. Thomas Dimitrov, thank you very much. Who will probably, I mean, who's been in the league forever and don't be shocked if his, uh, Thomas Dimitrov's been there for 11, 13 years. He's the general manager since 2008. So um, I don't think they're going to go in here at all with anybody. It's going to be interesting with the list of people they've had come in already and who they're going to interview. And it's a crapshoot with here, but I think I'm going to go and predict 
Rick Smith, the general manager of the uh, Texans. I think he was a decent general manager. He made some smart moves. You know, he did draft Deshaun Watson. Um, so I think Rick Smith is a good general manager and could use his vacancy and make this team uh, what they were at one point again. So I'm picking Rick Smith here. Uh, Tyler, what do you have for the Atlanta Falcons? Uh, yeah, I mean, this is so hard to predict, so I'm just going to throw a name out there. Um, and, and I'm going to just throw out um, Martin Mayhew, um, the 49ers president of player personnel. Yeah. Well, the of the, of the what about you there, Chris? Uh, Who do you have? Give me one moment. <laughs> I understand phone, it. My phone died. Don't worry. I'm sitting here. I have. I'm on my laptop, and I have like 50. I'm on the internet with 50 tabs open with everything with everybody, plus all my notes I have on my Excel sheet. So trying to go back and forth and get you our uh, listeners all the information they can possibly use and hear so they know what's going on in the sports world. I mean, again, general managers here, we're just going to, we'll just throw out names. It's a little too much of a crapshoot with general managers. So I think from now on, we'll just throw out a name for y'all to look out for. Jeff Ireland. Who are you going to go with? Jeff Ireland. Jeff Ireland. That's another good one. Um, so let's keep moving on here, and we'll go on to our next team and the final team that fired their head coach in the middle of the season and later in the season, really, and that's the Detroit Lions firing Matt Patricia, who was thought to be the safest uh, hire of that year when he was hired as a head coach. I also thought Matt Patricia was going to be a good head coach, and he is not. Um, but the Lions have interviewed Marvin Lewis. They have requested to speak with Robert Sahain. Uh They have also in, uh, requested to speak to Dan Campbell, the tight ends head co- tight ends coach for the Saints, Arthur Smith, the OC for the Titans, Eric Bedemy, and all have all been requested, plus many more. But um, the one that is not on this list yet, and I think is probably not the best fit for him because they're and what he's done for uh, Josh Allen. I'm going with Brian Dabo, the offensive coordinator for the Buffalo Bills. He has completely turned around Josh Allen's career. He's made Josh Allen, I think, now in the conversation of an elite uh, quarterback, at least at least a top 10 quarterback in the league where nobody ever thought he would be. There's many on Twitter and draft Twitter that thought Josh Allen was a bust already, which uh, we've had our uh, quit playing yesterday. Yeah, quit playing on a player after only a couple of years. But uh, I'm going with Brian Dabo. I think he's going to be – I think he's a great offensive coach. I think he can help Matthew Stafford if they decide to keep him or decide to move on. But uh, the Lions could definitely – because Stafford's getting up there in age. If they wanted to bring in a young head, uh, quarterback, Dabo would be the perfect guy to mold that guy for when time comes. So, Tyler, what do you have for the Detroit Lions? Yeah, for the Detroit Lions, I'm going to go with uh, the Robert Saleh guy. Um, 49ers defensive coordinator. Um, you know, him and Bianami last year were the ones that were the odd men out. You know, they didn't get a job. Uh, most people thought they would. Um, I, I think I, I like Soleil here. Um, you know, that, that defense needs a ton of work. I mean, a yeah. ton of work. The offense is, you know, pretty solid, you know, just for the fact that they have, you know, a, a capable quarterback, obviously. 
Um, I think that the most work they need is going to come on the defensive side, and I think he would be a really good addition for them. Hey, can we stop bringing in good defensive coaches into my division, please? Thank you. I'm I'm tired of having to face the Vikings twice a year. I mean, it's it's painful to watch the, all these great defensive teams and coaches come into the NFC North. But uh, Chris, what do you have for the Detroit Lions? I'm also playing Robert Sala. Oh, nice. Okay. Uh, so you guys. He, he is from Detroit, by the way. He's a homegrown kid from Detroit. He loves the Northern City. And supposed to say that he does and family. Like, obviously, you said it on the podcast, what guy has done more with less than Robert Fox? Yeah. yeah. Very so. Very much true. He, uh, he, what he's done with the 49ers and their injuries and that defense is just about amazing. And he's never once made an excuse. He just next man up. And he doesn't even say that next man up. He literally just goes out there and coaches who he has, and they're amazing. I mean, I would love to see this guy get a head coaching job. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and throw out a name for the Detroit Lions. I mean, I can throw out some quick names here since I'm looking at it for all of our listeners. Um, the Lions have also interviewed interviewed the following people. Thomas Dimitrov, the former GM of the Falcons. Kyle O'Brien, Lions VP of personnel, player personnel. Lance Newmark, Lions director of player personnel. Rob Lohman, uh, Lions Director of Player Personnel. Lewis Riddick, Rick Smith, GM of the Texans. Uh, Scott Paloli, former Chief of the General, uh, former Chiefs of the General Manager of the Chiefs. There it is. Um, so they've been very active. Um, I've already had Rick Smith and Lewis Riddick taken up. I think this is where the Detroit Lions stay in house, and I think they're going to stay with uh, their. Uh, Player personnel, the VP of player personnel. I'm going to go with Kyle O'Brien as their general manager. Tyler? Uh, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they went in-house. A guy that I'll name that, you know, wouldn't be in-house is the um, Titans director of player personnel, uh, Trent Kirchner. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Chris, what do you have? I'm going to go with, uh, that's a I'm going to go with Adam Peters. That's a good one. I like that. Bringing in, bringing them home. That's good. I like that. Um, so we'll go on to our favorite, and we hate that we hate that this happened. Literally, we hung up our podcast yesterday, and literally, as soon as we stopped recording our podcast yesterday, our favorite segment finally ended, and that is that Adam Gase no longer has a job. We will have to find a new segment for you, and we'll have to find it soon. But the New York Jets have finally fired Adam Gase. And and uh, going on to that, the Jets have already started requesting uh, Matt Lerbis, the defensive coordinator for the Colts, Arthur Smith, Eric Benemy have all been requested already. Um, I This is where I have Robert Sahin going. This is where I think uh, the Jets – need a lot of help on the defense. I think that offense is right there on the cusp. I don't think Sam Darnold's the issue. I think it was Adam Gase, and I'm excited to see Sam Darnold away from Adam Gase. So uh, I'm excited for that to be finally over. But this is where I have Robert going to the New York Jets and uh, hopefully fixing that defense. 
which needs a lot of help. Uh, Tyler, what about you for the New York Jets? Yeah, I mean, I think they need to go with a, a veteran coach here. Um, I could see this is one of the destinations, not my favorite, but one of the spots I could see Marvin Lewis um, going. Um, another guy that I I think that, you know, would make a little sense here too, um, a guy who's done it before in the NFL, um, Jim Caldwell, who – I mean, by all accounts, it's not a bad head coach either. Um, I, I think that they'll, I think they should go with a veteran coach here, and I think those two names would make a little bit of sense. Yeah, I, I, I get the New York uh, going with the veteran there. I mean, they definitely have done young twice, you know, or, you know, it was Adam Gase, but then it was uh, Todd Bowles. Todd Bowles, who should have never been fired, in my opinion. I don't think that was Todd Bowles' fault at all. I think Todd Bowles is an excellent head coach and an excellent coach in general. Um, who do you have there, Chris, for the New York Jets? No, I'm on the pilot boat here. No, there's those guys like Phil Blaney, Phil Blaney, Brian Duvall. I'm going to throw a name out there. I don't know. I'm gonna hit Levin Smith. Oh, bringing, bringing, you're bringing in the veteran head coach. You're just going, you're going old school. I like that. And And Lovey Smith is a proven head coach who got fired twice after winning seasons. Yeah, I like that. I, I like that a lot, actually. Um, I thought about sneaking Lovey Smith in there too, but there hasn't been any talks. It's been really quiet on the Lovey Smith front, but it's been a while now. Yeah, and I don't mind it. I like it. I like. Um, so the New York Jets do not have an opening for their GM. They have kept Joe Douglas, who I think is an idiot, but that's a different story for a different day. So we'll move on to the Jacksonville Jaguars, who was a year too late on firing their head coach and Doug Marone, but they have finally pulled the trigger. And let me go ahead and stop this right here because the only news that is out there right now that I can find for the Jacksonville Jaguars and their head coaching is Urban Meyer. And I'm going to go ahead and take quick playing for my co-host and Tyler. There's no way in hell Urban Meyer is the next head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars. The man wants $12 million to be the head coach. And Tyler hit it on the head first. First of all, Urban Meyer will never be guaranteed, will not be safe in this position, aka, so he'll never take the position. Urban Meyer is a trickster. Urban Meyer won't take a job, and he wants that much money because he knows he'll be fired after a year or two, or he'll retire and quit. So he's just looking for a quick payday. Urban Meyer is not an option here. Um, but this is where I go with a head coach that was just fired, a head coach that's probably not the greatest position for him, but he can go and do what he needs to do and hopefully learn from his lessons, and that is the Los Angeles Chargers ex-head coach and Anthony Lynn. I think this is – I think Anthony Lynn gets swooped up this offseason. I think a lot – he's well-respected in the league. Um, I wasn't I'm, – I'm still a fan of him as a person. I'm not sold on his, him as a head coach but I think he still gets another head coaching job here. And I think that he might get picked up by the Jacksonville Jaguars. 
Tyler, what do you have for the Jaguars? Well, I mean, just just to kind of piggyback off of what you said at first, I mean, I mean, I think it would be a huge mistake um, if the Jaguars or any NFL team, you know, actually got Urban Meyer. But I'll be honest with you, I I don't think it's impossible. Um, I mean, to be honest with you, the owner in Jacksonville, I mean, he's not afraid to spend the money. I, I honestly wouldn't can't say I'd be shocked if he ended up in in Jacksonville for twelve million a year. I mean, it would be a, be a mistake. Obviously, I, there's no doubt about that. Um, that's not who I'm going to say because I don't think he's a good fit for any job, let alone in the NFL. Because I think he's a piece of shit. I think he's a lion ass motherfucker too. Um, but I, I'm going to go with a young guy here, super young, um, and I'm not even necessarily sure if he even deserves a head coaching job yet. I mean, honestly, I don't think he does, but I I could just see it making sense because they're they're going to be obviously drafting a quarterback at number one this year, and presumably that's Trevor Lawrence. Um, I'm going to go with um, Joe Brady, um, quarterback's coach in um, Carolina. Um, I mean, it's kind of it's kind of out there offensive for sure. Coordinator. Oh, offensive coordinator, my bad. Um, I mean, granted, you know, he ain't been in the NFL obviously long at all, um, but you know. Jacksonville, they, they you know they went with a guy who was a little bit older and had been in the league before, and in Doug Marone, maybe they decide this time to go with a younger guy, and if they do, I could see it being him. Yeah, I, I don't mind it. I I think they, I mean, they're gonna do the exact opposite of what they did before and just completely you know do a 180 here and try something different. I mean, I don't think there's a, I don't. I mean, Jacksonville has their future as a franchise. Somebody tried to argue and say the Jacksonville Jaguars are the number one destined best fit for this offseason because of the cap space and because they have the number one draft pick, which means they have Trevor Lawrence. And, yes, it's Trevor Lawrence. It's not somebody – it is not Justin Fields. It is Trevor Lawrence at number one. Um, and I know the Jacksonville Jaguars have a significant cap space. They are number one in the 2021 – free agency cap space with $77 million to spend or have the time to spend. So uh, with this massive free agent class that's coming up, the Jaguars can definitely uh, make a splash and then have the number one pick in the draft. So this is a ideal spot for some head coaches, which I like going with Joe Brady and try to uh, build young up. So Chris, what do you have for the Jaguars? Well, man, let's see. Uh, uh, last time they, they had nothing around them, all that they had, that's why I wanted them, all that they had, no turn. Oh, uh, was it no turn? No. No, it was, uh. It was Jack Del Rio. Yeah, Jack Del Rio. I, I believe no turn was an intern, sorry. Um, um, well, I don't know what to do here. I'm, you know what? Yeah, this one was very hard for me. The Jaguars were probably one of the hardest. That's an incredible one. I really like Vince Hartwell. With, did I admit Vince Hartwell somewhere else? You have, <laughs> no, you have not. Okay, no, I didn't want to know. Okay, Vince Hartwell was the perfect fit for uh, that from Bill Jaguars. Man, that is such a bad hire. He failed twice now. You're going to say a three-time head coach. Jim Caldwell, to me now, 
it's literally you were just on the what's the that no what's the no you were just on the that Tim Paul Wall saying that he put in a shot with Marvin Lewis. No, I did. Yes, he did. Yes, yeah, yeah. Okay, over Marvin Lewis. Yes. If you want to, if you want to use that, but it does not mean I think they should both be head coaches. But yeah, I want it. I want it with Roman. I think there's better offensive weapon, uh, off, offensive ways you can go that have ties to the Jacksonville Jaguars if you wanted to go offense. And you've asked about them already once today in our chat. Um, no, oh, I, yeah, yeah, well, I, I, I have that there, but mm, I didn't stop getting money there. I get it. I'm not arguing that. I mean, I mean, he's been a OC for four years, but I mean. And for you, so you know, we're talking about Nathaniel Hackett, uh, the offensive coordinator for the Green Bay Packers. Uh, he was the offensive coordinator for two years and plus other positions down in. Uh, he was the quarterback coach from 2015 to 2016 and the offensive coordinator from 2016 to 2018. And then he's been the Packers offensive coordinator for two years. So uh, the Jaguars, he has a little bit of a tie to the Jaguars is the only reason I brought him his name up. Um, so. The Jaguars are also looking for a general manager. Um, I think this is probably, yes, I just said they had the most cap space in the number one pick, but if you have not heard or seen the news of from today, uh, their owner, Shaw Cog, came out and said in 2020, he had all decision-making when it came to player personnel, when, you know, player player control in the over the roster. I don't think any GM is going to find that position sexy if they cannot build their roster the way they want to. I mean, that is why you're a GM. You want to build your roster and build a team that you think can win. And when the man or the owner of the team is coming in and saying, I'm going to have control of that, I'm going to find it a little bit hard for most any young GM to come in and say, I want this position. Saying that, I think they're going to have to go old and somebody who really doesn't just wants a job again and i'm gonna and he's not a good general manager in my eyes and i'm gonna go with jerry reese the former giants general manager i think he gets this position because he'll just be a yes man and uh do what sean cod wants and keep his job as the general manager in the league um so tyler what do you have yeah i mean if that's the case i'm not even throwing one out there you know this guy Sean Khan, you know what he's doing he's taking a page out of uh, mike brown's book he ought to call him and find out how that's worked out for him. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, look, I, mean, I mean, it wasn't until last year. Yeah, I mean, look at the Bengals. They didn't start spending money for the first time until last year. Yeah, and I mean, all along, I mean, no matter who has been in the position, Mike Brown has always been the one to pull the strings. And like I said, that obviously hasn't worked for them, and I don't think it's going to work for the Jaguars either. Yeah. And coming from a person who has literally – no NFL history. He's he was a soccer owner before he was, you know, he no, he owns yeah, actually, Tottenham. Yeah, and I, I was actually talking with Chris earlier about the exact same thing. The, the same guy, Shah Khan. I mean, this guy is a financial like mogul. He he he's not an NFL guy by any means. He, I mean, I don't know really what he knows about the NFL, but I mean, as far as like actual experience, I mean, he doesn't know anything. Um, and, and that's yeah. an issue. You, 
you gotta let the football guys handle this stuff. You know, if you think you're the smartest guy in the room, but you have no experience, I mean, I don't know what your your fate's gonna be. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I, I definitely have the Jaguars as probably the lowest GM spot anywhere because of that whole not having power to do anything you want to do. No, the old phase was built by ourselves, right? Yeah. What's that? No. And that's the general, but it hit by the grocery. Yeah. It means that, you know, the, it helps the team, but the, the moment that you want, you know, to have a hand in what what goes on on the team, it, it's the same concept. I think Martin Mayhew. I think that Martin Mayhew could possibly go on with Scott Hahn. I'm not saying Martin Mayhew's a yes man, but he's not an uncompromised person. Yeah. Um, so we'll go ahead and move on to the final team that's looking for a head coach. I left this for last because they were the last team to get rid of their head coach, but also because this is Chris, a.k.a. Hater's uh, team, the Los Angeles Chargers. And the Los Angeles Chargers, they haven't had much news going on in the front of requesting interviews. The one that just came out before the podcast is uh, funny enough, the one I ended up going with, and it's not because of this, but uh, I'm going with defensive coordinator from the Indianapolis Colts, Matt Ederbis, Ederplus, however you want to say his name. Um, um, He's another defensive coordinator, uh, the the. The Chargers have an amazing defensive pieces, and I think he could help build that defense. Uh, and I think this would be a much needed hire. It's, I think it'd be really good for him, and it also has ties for their uh, general manager, who I thought should have got fired, but luckily got to keep his job and gets to make another head coaching hire. Um, so Tyler, what do you have for the Chargers? Well, it's Marvin Lewis time. Oh God! Of course you go, Marvin Lewis. I mean, look, it makes sense. They they have the guy deserves another shot, okay? And here's the thing: he he's not the same guy that a lot of these other guys are. He he's only people forget Marvin Lewis has only had one head coaching gig in the NFL. He this would be a second second chance. Um. You know, unlike some of the other people that was mentioned, you know, that might already had a second chance, that's not him. Um, you know, they got a young quarterback who obviously looks like a stud. Um, on defense, like you said, they do have some. They do have some some players on the defensive side. Um, you know, Marvin Lewis, by all accounts, has always been a really good defensive mind. Um, you know, I think it makes sense. And also, let's not forget. You know, the Chargers decided to go. You know, young. Last time they hired with Lynn, maybe this time is when they say, "Okay, let's let's do it, a veteran guy again." And I mean, yeah. if you're if you're picking a veteran coach, I mean, I don't know how you get a better veteran coach that's out there than Marvin Lewis, especially for what what they're looking for. I <laughs> but I'm talking I'm talking about Tyler. Go ahead, Tyler. Say what? Sorry, cutting you off. But, I said, no, I <laughs> what about you? All right, Chris, go ahead. 
What do you have for your boys? Oh, man. First of all, you're not just saying that. You know, I have talked on this podcast about how much I don't like anyway, and I disagree with, you know, a lot of the calls that he he did and his plot management and the way that he's been really thankful to his coordinators. This is all well, well and good. You're loyal to the guys that brought in the dance. I get it. But the, that, what really did Anthony Lynn in here is he let Jeff Bradley stay way too long. And his plot management didn't help. Having the audience on the field when the special teams functioned on the field didn't help. The special teams didn't bad when he took over the special teams didn't help. <laughs> um, this is hard. Because the general management should have been fired. There's no answer yeah. to about this. He's the one that did it in the land, this, this shitty team. Without, yeah. you know, that's no offense, but nothing over but there's no depth on this team. That's why special teams is bad. There's no depth. And how do you get depth? You get depth by blacking well. When you black well, you have good depth. And when you don't black well, you have bad depth. And you have bad special teams. So, you know, time for us is what you didn't get fired. And, yeah, and, and honestly, I don't doubt if they did that next year, they fire them uh, next year. Yeah, and just, yeah, I was, I'm glad you said his name because I was uh, going to ask you to for the listeners. And just so people know, Tom has been the general manager since 2013. So he's been there for seven years. He's had seven years of the team. Yeah. Okay. And two, yeah. What do you... Yeah, he's. This is his third head coach now, isn't it? Third head coach. All yeah. right. How many times? How many times do you give a guy a, a chance to rebuild? I mean, this is his third time. This is ridiculous that he does. I would have kept Lynn over Tom. That's for damn sure. Yeah. No, I I definitely think that anyone was done a little dirty. Um. No, it's hard. Because <laughs> it's your team. Who's your number one fantasy there, Chris? Who do my, you want? My gut instinct tells me, no. First of all, I would like to see that the Chargers could even try and get an interview with Josh McDaniels. Mm, Josh, yeah, that... I'm curious if they do. I think, why do I feel like they did? What you're saying that I feel like there might have been news that. No, obviously, Pat Hamilton's uh, a good candidate. He was a belt of quarterback coach. No, what he did was Andrew Watt as well. He was great. Um, but, you know, I'm going to die with the. Die with what I've been saying for, you know, like the last three weeks. I don't know what Marvin was. No down, Marvin Lewis. I, 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 I hope for 
for your sake, I hope they don't go Marvin Lewis because I don't want to hear let that. Let's fly. Let's just fly. What kind of thing? They went the young route. I don't need Tim Harwell in the bad one. So you're going three guys out of the league as a head coach, and you're giving them head coaching positions this year. You're giving Jim Caldwell a position. You're giving Marvin Lewis a head coach position. And then you also gave Lovey Smith a head coach. Well, Lovey Smith was successful. I get that, but you're, you're, I mean, you're you're going. You, and what's wrong with head coaches having talent? By the way, what you got? One, one thing to think about too is, you know, obviously, pretty much everyone thinks that the Chargers GM should have been fired too, right? So obviously, yes. he hears that. I think that he has to know his seat is kind of hot too, right? So, like, if you look at it from his perspective, is there a more safe coach out there than Marvin Lewis? I mean, seriously, though. Okay. Because he's shown, Let me that, just he's shown that no matter what, he's shown that at almost at least the very least, you're going to have at least a decent season with him. So it's like, in a lot of ways, this is probably the safest hire for Tom Telesco. But that's because... the problem. It's the worst thing he could do to keep his job is do a safe hire. Right. The wor- the worst thing yeah, he could do is hire a Marvin Lewis, a Josh McDaniels. Right. But here's the thing. Right. the hot It doesn't matter. It does not matter. His job is now on the line. Him going down that route to go with the safe guy that's going to get you seven and nine, eight and eight wins, and that's all he's ever going to be, might get you a 10-win season outline there, is not going to get you his job. A Marvin Lewis hire is not keeping Tom Telesco's job. Marvin Lewis Lewis would not keep Tom Telesco's hire. He would be fired the next year. Marvin Lewis, a Marvin Lewis hire is not not a safe for his job. That is easy, right? Like, that's what Memphis says. If if, if Tom Telesco is out and Marvin Lewis is gone, then it's not like, oh, man. They were, they were a really young stuff, though. They can play Marvin Lewis, though. Yeah, that's my – but for Tom to say – Tom can't take an easy hire is what I'm saying. He can't take a safe hire. He's going to have to swing for the fences. He knows his job's on the line. He's going to have to go try, try to get the Matt LaFleur, the Sean McVeigh. Huh? I think they're playing no, you yeah, you did. You picked him. No, you didn't. You never picked Eric Benemy. You know what? Fuck me. What's going on? Eric Benemy. Uh, I'm saying, yeah. I think, how did I forget that? Like, we're sitting here and you didn't ever pick Eric Benemy. I, I, I'll change my mind. No, wait. Who did I'm you get the Texans? Did we all agree on Eric Benemy at the Texans? I did. I, I don't think I picked him. Uh, I think no, you did. You did. You put. You said agreed with us. It was a across the board at Texas. You. you oh, okay. Well, that and all the But look, here. Here's the thing, too, though. I, and I get what you're saying, Lil B. Like he, like you know, and, and people can look at it that way too. Like he should swing for the fences and hope to like get a home run higher. But if you're in that situation, I think your mindset might be a little different. 
he might be thinking, yeah. okay, well, you know, this guy, you know, he, he turned in many really good seasons with the Bengals. You know, I mean, you're forgetting they went to the playoffs. I, I, mean, I, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying, but what I'm saying, and as a fan and from multiple perspectives, is that is not a, a hire that keeps my job. It's not. I'm not – Marvin Lewis is probably going to get a head coaching job again. It sounds like it. I'm not trying to say that. But Mar- if I am Tom Telesco, that is the hire just to pretty much say I quit. I'm not going to keep my job. Like yeah, – But here's the thing. What's the, what's the main problem with Anton uh, uh, Yeah, we're still going. Okay. Uh, what's the and what was the problem with Marvin Lewis's teams? Undiscipline. So you're going straight yeah, to the same fucking thing. True, but no, we also got to realize that that wasn't from the beginning, though. His teams yeah, were all them. No, it wasn't, but, but they also, I, I they don't also think drafted players. They also drafted players and brought players in that had that kind of mindset too, though. His teams weren't always like and, that. A lot of it had to do with the players. You gotta remember who had a hand in who had a hand in letting the uh, Mike Brown. Okay, I, it doesn't matter. It's all on the head coach, guys. You guys, I think, I think, have he learned from this? I would hope so. All I'm saying is. All, if you, you would have said Marvin Lewis to any other team, I probably I would have never said anything. But to your team and to Tom Tom Telesco's situation is just not a smart or, or a hire that that's good for him. It's not it's not it's not a hire that's saving his job. You're I saying mean, it's, it's, he's gonna have to swing for the fences, as I said. He's gonna have to go for the Sean McVay or the Matt LaFleur. You know, the head coach, I mean the Broad and Schottenheimer, the Seattle, you're, you're going to have to go. The, the Brian Dabo, you're going to have to get somebody who's young, who's, I mean, Marvin Lewis is not a sexy hire, and it's not a hire that's going to save his job as a general manager of the Chargers. But it's a hire that intentionally wins. Well, he does all, but, you know, he's always had the things up in the upper part of so hold on, the Chargers won six games this year, right? Yes. Okay. Six games. So, I think we all agree that their number one weakness is on defense, right? Yeah. yeah. Now with Justin Herbert, yes. Okay. So I mean, in my in my mind, in my mindset, I don't know what Chris thinks about this, but like assuming. Let's just say they did hire Marvin Lewis. You already know you got a good quarterback. Their offense is solid. It, you know, if you bring in a defensive court, a defensive guy like Marvin Lewis, and assuming that you also draft some good pieces on defense, I mean, I don't wouldn't think that it's out of the question for them to go to like ten wins next year. And if they do, I mean, I don't think that a GM's getting fired over that. I mean, obviously that would be like a win for him. I mean, even if they don't win anything, I mean, if if that was the was to be the outcome, I mean, his job is safe at least for another year. 
Go ahead and name me Marvin Lewis's record in the playoffs. That's more, that's one more game than Marvin Lewis ever won in the playoffs. Marvin Lewis is yeah, always seven in the playoffs. Yeah, he did. It's his job to win. Don't give him you're giving him excuses. He had 16 seasons as a head coach and nine losing seasons. I'm I mean, just, I, 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 I wouldn't say it on the field. How many right. so long? I'm just saying there's a lot better places you could have gone down the road. We're, we're, let's wrap. We're, we've been down this rabbit hole for a good, good 10 minutes now. Let's wrap the, this up. I'll give you one more thing to say about Marvin Lewis. I'm the fan. They tried the hot They tried my horn. It didn't work. So. I get you, but I, get, I understand what you're saying. I'm not. I'm not arguing with that part. I am not arguing with that. They all have coaching experience. No, they don't. They might not. Head, head coach. You said you didn't say coach. Another, you said. No, I'm saying if you want winning the blind now, but you want winning um, a blind shot, no offense for him. But if Tom Preston's job is on the line, he's winning in a guy with no head coaching experience. I, Again. I can tell you right now, Marvin Lewis, Jim Caldwell, and Lovey Smith all don't get a job this season. I mean, one, I would say one of those three might get a job. I would be, I would not be shocked. And I would put more, I would put my money on that. None of those guys get a head coaching job. I would put my money that uh, uh, Lovey Smith is not in a job. No, but I would, yeah, Marvin neither. Lewis, but I would, Marvin Lewis is getting a job this year. I mean, there's too many. I, I would put money. It doesn't matter anything. Every year, there's. Oh, you, I, Jim, like I said earlier, Jim Caldwell is now the Art Rooney rule. Jim Caldwell is the Art Rooney head coach. He is the. And wouldn't be shocked if that's Marvin Lewis. You're just hot. You're you're interviewing the minority to just show that you've done your job. That's that's why I'm That's why the NFL wants the black head coach. That was my point. That's why I have so many. That's why I have I so many. And I would, and and I have two. I actually have three. I have Eric Benemy. I have Robert Sahin, who is doesn't well, need to be black. It needs, it needs to be minority. And I kept Anthony. Right. I, but I wasn't even thinking that way. But again, I would, I would, I would, I would not be shocked. I would not be shocked in the slightest if not one three of those guys, or let's just forget Lovey Smith. Look, one of the none of the, the Jim Caldwell or Marvin Lewis get a job. I would not be shocked if none of those guys end up with a job this year. Okay, hold on. Did I pick Pop No, you did not. But you're too late. You're stuck with your. Oh, uh, oh. <laughs> yeah, Moving on. Marvin, gonna go Marvin Lewis show for you. It's the Marvin Lewis. We're gonna. You sound like hey, a yeah, Well, before we wrap this, before we wrap this up, um, just a couple other teams. Uh, we don't have to. I, I don't care if we say names because it really doesn't matter with general managers. But the other teams that we have not mentioned that are looking for general managers are the Carolina Panther, the Washington Football Team, which needs to come up with the damn name, and the Denver Broncos, as we mentioned earlier, John Elway being promoted within house to 
senior or something, so he is no longer the general manager of the team or making those decisions, which might actually be good for the team. So, um, that time. yeah, so, I mean, I, I have no – I don't know who they're thinking of. It's too hard. I mean, Tyler, do you want to throw any names to look out there for those teams for general managers? Not really. I mean, I will tell you that there is a name available for the Washington football team. It's the Redskins. <laughs> and I'm not joking by and, the way. Uh, I know we know trust us Tyler we know um Chris do you have any uh names or thoughts on the Panthers Jack or Panthers football team the Washington football team or the Broncos for general managers uh I'm gonna say Ozzie Newsom I'll bring back Ozzie Newsom yeah I, yeah I know I know he was out on the the way the uh the wire of people trying to bring him back in. I think it was the Texans too that were uh, uh, trying to bring him back into the fold. Um, like I said, it's too no, it's too hard to know uh, who the general managers are and for out there. Uh, just some names before we uh, uh, head out there, and don't be shocked if you see get hired by your team. Um, is uh, Adolfo Massine? He's the Cleveland Brown, VP of Football Operations. I know he's get some love. Mike Borgenvitz, the Kansas City Chiefs Director, Football Operations. I've already said his name, Morocco Brown. Uh, he's the Indianapolis Colts Director of College Scouting. Nick Casilla, the New England Patriots Director of Player Personnel. Glenn Cook, another Cleveland Brown personnel, are just some names to look out for out there. John Dorsey's been put back out there. He's failed twice as a General manager, why somebody else would bring him back in is beyond me. Yes, he has drafted well, but he does not do much well after that. Um, Harry Fontenet, we've mentioned earlier. I mean, the list goes on along with names. You never know what the teams are thinking for general managers, so we won't sit here and bore you to death. But uh, that's uh, it for today's special Black Monday head coaching firing and our prediction show for uh, the six teams looking for a new head coach. I hope you enjoyed it. And for the All Time Misfit podcast, this is Brunelli Sports, aka Little B. Chris? <laughs> Tyler? Yeah, uh, you can find me at T underscore Dement, our show's podcast, Twitter at AT Misfits Pod. And don't forget to find us on Facebook at the All Time Misfit Podcast. And if you have iTunes, uh, Give us a like, subscribe, and five stars. Thank you, and have a great week. Thanks for listening to the All Time Misfits Podcast. Becoming a magician takes thousands of hours. Right, Ashley? Oh, I'm not a magician. I'm a design specialist at the Container Store. But you transform closets and pantries. Well, I turn your most frustrating spaces into ones you love. With a magic wand? Uh, with Alpha. Our customizable, adjustable, and affordable shelving and drawer system. The amazing Ashley! Making daily frustration disappear. (laughs) Just doing my job. Transform your space with Alpha and save 20% on purchases over $500. Get started with your free design at the Container Store today.